0: Welcome to the Liberty Podcast with your host, Pastor Robert Maxey, Senior Pastor of Liberty Church of Baton Rouge. It's our prayer that this podcast should be life-changing for you and that you will share it with someone else. Now, here is Pastor Rob. Chapter seventeen, verse says this: Does also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. Oh my But someone will say, If you if you have faith and I have works, show me faith without your works, and I will show you my faith. By my works. You believe that there is one God, you do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. But you but do you want to know, oh foolish man, that faith without works is dead? Father God, we come to you this morning, God, knowing Lord, that we are As foolish men. Knowing nothing without your spirit. Knowing nothing without a move of God. Father God, right now we say, Fall on us. Fall on us, God. Let your spirit rest on us, Lord. Right now, God, we welcome your spirit in this place, Lord. Knowing, God, that we can't preach a word without you, Lord. God, we can't sing a song without you, God. Lord, we can't even understand your word without your spirit, God. Lord, come into this place, God, that we may sit with you and suffer with you, God. Knowing, God, that we need you in all things, Lord. God, come into this place that we may have a better understanding of who you are. God, that we may have a better understanding of who we are with you. We need you today, Lord. We need you today, God. on us God the children are quiet and the phones are all solid as we lean into your word today Lord yes. God we know that the words that come from your mouth are life yes. feed us till we want the more We love you today and we thank you for what you're getting ready to do in this place. In your son Jesus' name we say, amen, 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 amen. Amen. Look at somebody and before you sit down say, it's working for me. It's working for me. Thank you, man. The kids are dismissed. Ooh, my wife gave me the good water. She gave me the good water. This is the Holy Spirit water. All the other water she says, the small water. Uh-uh. It all tastes the same to me. <laughs> amen. Thank you guys. You guys get a band of hand. Great job. Everybody. Olivia, great job today. Amen. Let me see. Look at you. Both Olivia's, yes. Amen, amen, amen. Christianity at the heart of the matter is very practical A practical religion It is, is very practical Jesus comes onto the scene And takes something that was very technical And, and all about sacrifices And all about these very Very uh, integral pieces Of, of the sacrificial uh, Practical Practices of, of something that Had to be done to the letter, in order for for people to feel like they had been cleansed, All right. in order to feel like things have been done right, and that they were able to to go before God and to feel like they were cleansed. Amen. Mm-hmm. Jesus steps onto the scene and says, all of that doesn't matter. Uh, I'm going to do one thing in order for you to be cleansed. And that is the thing that has to be done. And so Christianity becomes this very, very practical thing, very practical way of living. And Jesus' teachings are essential on how one should only relate to God and relate to each other and people. He teaches us how to speak to one another and to talk to one another and how we should to, re- to relate to God and how to have a relationship with him. Amen. Right? And so Amen. we have made it to something that it really isn't. Mm. We have 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 made this conversation about God into all of these theological conversations and technical things that it shouldn't be. And, and so our conversation is about what church you attend. And and what theological makeup you are, or what baptism you you baptized in Jesus' name, and and if you baptized in the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, and you wasn't baptized right, you got to do it three more times. (laughs) So everything is all wrong. and, And did you put something on social media today? And if you didn't put nothing on social media, then you ain't really saved. But, but in all in all practicality Christianity should be something that's very simple should be simple for us to understand but a, a hard one to follow mm. we are called to love one another and to forgive freely um, but that, see that's kind of hard for us to understand because we live in a society where we should have to pay for everything I don't really want stuff Free even though I look for great deals. Mm. Come on. I like a great shoe deal. No. Nah, but I'm very skeptical when things are free. Mm. Come on. Let somebody call me with a great free deal on a vacation and I will hang the phone up. Mm. Yeah. But if they say I got 25% off on a vacation, I will listen. Mm. But I'm very skeptical when people say. Free. And Jesus says your grace My grace is free oh, And it makes us very skeptical I don't understand this Free grace and free forgiveness Jesus yeah. What do I have to do To earn it Ooh. Doesn't that make you kind of nervous yeah. I'm waiting for Jesus To tell me that I gotta do something just need to do something to make sure that I got it. I um, just need to do something. I need to pay something. I need to, to do something to make sure that it is solidified because I'm waiting for the carpet to be pulled from under me and for somebody to come out with saying, you know what, well, you gotta pay the price. You gotta pay the down payment. You know, there is a stipend that you gotta put in. There's always something. They tell you it's free and then in the end they throw out some kind of But Jesus never does that. But many of us are waiting for the shoe to drop so, so we, we are listening to all the people say well do you go to the right church And your pastor doesn't have the right degree and you still are not listening to the right band or you're listening to the wrong music and you, you can't go to a church that has a drummer that's not a saved church you can't have that type of you know, your theology is not right And unfortunately all these different things are a distraction from what real religion is James 1st Chapter tells us about real religion. It says, "Religion that is pure is undefiled before God the Father is this: to visit the orphans and the widows in their affliction, and to keep oneself unsust- unstained from the world." Mm. It's real religion. You mean to tell me all the stuff I did last week? All the people I was fussing at about their baptism and their social media account and now this and that and this and that and this and that and this and that and and I didn't visit anybody and I didn't didn't help anybody and I didn't talk to anybody and I didn't do anything that really had nothing to do with God and visiting the orphans and helping the widow and, and nothing. You see the hard part about this Christian walk is the fact that to really do it is to do stuff that you really don't want to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to go places we really don't want to go. Mm-hmm. So so the real thing about this Christian walk is the fact that James is saying that really this Christian life is very practical and it is all about it's all about conventional living Mm -hmm. I like James' direct commentary on wise living it it reminds me of the book of Proverbs his writing doesn't necessarily stress uh, uh, theological, theoretical knowledge but it places a practical emphasis on faith and godly living and behavior Mm -hmm. He, he, he places an emphasis on obedience to the word of God versus making other people happy mm. versus making other people feel good about about your walk with God and making God happy about our walk with God mm. Does that make sense? Mm. Yes. is God happy with my walk come on come on versus are you happy with my walk mm. a- a- am I following God or am I following people? Come on all right. Right. James is trying to get us to understand That it's about obedience That's right. And not pleasing people Which is part of our major problem in this world Because we like pleasing people versus pleasing God Because I feel like if I'm pleasing people Then I'm pleasing God Which is totally crazy Because if I'm pleasing people I'm definitely not pleasing God That's right. There's no way possible I can do both His writings are refreshing emphasis on spiritual fruitfulness in demonstrating faith. Now, now, Hebrews 11 talks about faith. It says this, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. This is the most biblical concise uh, definition of faith. And it goes right before we start talking about these, these major giants of faith. And it talks about this noun, faith. Mm-hmm. This act of faith. You see, because many people talk about faith, but they really don't have a great understanding of what faith is because we believe faith is just the idea that I know God's going to do it. But see, that's not faith. Just knowing something's going to happen is not faith. Faith is the understanding that God's going to do it with the idea that uh, I'm going to have an active part in this idea that God's going to do it. You see, having an idea that God's going to do it, and you sitting back waiting, is not faith. Mm. Belief versus inaction equals zero. I can believe that I'm going to get a job without filling out any uh, resumes. At the end of the week, that still equals zero job. But if I ask you about the job, you say, I just know God's going to give me a job, pastor job, God's got me. And I say, well, um, how many applications did you fill out? Mm. Man, I know God's got me. (laughs) I I know God's got you too, man, but how many applications did you fill out? Mm -hmm. Bro, I don't even have to fill out an application Uh, because I just know God's got me. Okay. Okay. See, see, there lies the problem. You know, when I when I begin to read this 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 verse, and it's, it's weird that in the nineteenth verse he throws it out. He said, "You believe that there is one God, and you do well. Even the demons believe and tremble." It, 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 it kind of confuses me why he throws this in there. Now, now look at this. Jesus will go out into the community, and he would he would encounter demons. And these demons would know who Jesus was right off the bat. He would come right in front of them and say, oh, son of God, do you come here to torment me today? I ain't got time for this. Let me just go into these pigs over here. They would know who he was right off the bat. Demons would know who he was. They, Paul, they, they encountered these demons and robbed them, and they said, Paul, I know. Jesus, I know. But who are you? They, they knew who he was. They knew who he was But there was one thing that they would not do They would not submit to Jesus as son of God They would not submit to him So you tell me The demons understood who he was But they would still not submit to him as God So we can understand and have a belief of who Jesus is but still not have enough faith and act of faith to submit to him. Do y'all understand what I'm saying today? Yes, sir. We can have belief of something, but still not have the act of faith to, to submit to it. Oh yes, I can believe that God can get me a job. But me submitting to that belief is me filling out the application for it. I can believe in God, but me submitting to that belief is me coming submitting to him. And me beginning to submit to his to that belief, submitting my life to him, submitting everything to him. Yeah. Not just saying, oh, I believe, believe in him, but then not submitting my life to him. Yeah. Many, many people will say, oh, yeah, I need him to be my savior, but we never submit to him as Lord. Right. So many of us live like these demons. We live like that. We yell out, oh, we yell out, oh, oh, yeah, I, I know who you are. But I'm not going to submit to you. Yeah, we submit. We say we have faith, but then we don't submit to that faith. So therefore our faith becomes inactive. Mm. It's dead. Mm. Mm. How many of you are walking around with dead faith? You keep saying, I got faith, but you do nothing with it. Mm -hmm. Oh, I got faith that God's going to get me through school, but you won't go to school. (laughs) (laughs) I got faith in God, but you won't do nothing. (laughs) Faith must be followed with action, Mm. actions that are consistent (laughs) with what we believe. That's right. We believe that we serve a God that has all power in his hand, and we have we serve a God that can do all things, then why do we live a life that is consistent with that that, that's not consistent with that belief? Mm. Well, I just don't think that I can do it. I don't know if I'm just smart enough. I just don't know. What (laughs) are you serious? Moses? Do you stutter? Did I not tell you that I am sending you to free my people and now you. What is in your hand? What what happened between the time that I called you and the time that I sent you? Come on. Oh, goodness. Come on. Did something change? Did I stop being God between the time that I called you and sent you? Oh, my God. That yeah, bus passed. W- what happened? God, <laughs> Faith must be followed with action. You see, faith is a noun form, and to believe is the verb form of the same Greek word. Faith is the ability to believe but that, that ability must be used and acted upon for faith to come alive and work. Mm. Believing is the action side of faith. Believing is the action in faith. Mm. Just having faith is not enough. Mm. Having the ability to believe is not enough. One must act on that ability by acting consistent with what is believed. James tells us that faith without works... Faith without the corresponding action is lifeless and dead. So the first point that I want you to hear today is that faith takes action. So the first thing James tells us about is Abraham. He says, he says, Abraham, right? So what do we find out about Abraham? The Bible tells us that by faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out of place, which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. By faith, he dwelt in a land of promise as in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he waited for a city which was which has foundations whose builder and maker is God. So what did God tell him? God comes to him, he's living in the land of Ur, Ur, Ur. And God says, look, Abraham, I'm, I want you to leave this place. I want you to leave your father in them, your cousin in them, and I want you to go to a place that I'll show you when you get there. Mm. You know, I'm not going to tell you where it goes. See, this space, This space thing starts early. See, many of you wouldn't go. God said, look, look, Donna, I want you to go somewhere I'm going to show you when you get there. Mm. And you're like, oh, nah, Jesus, I need to know where I'm going before <laughs> Because, look, I got stuff going on, and I got to map out when I'm going to get back. And, see, many of us would not go, right, because we got to know everything. The problem with knowing everything is that when we know everything, we'll mess it up. It's when we don't know when we have to trust God. That's right. That's right. And we don't mess stuff up when we don't know. That's right it's best that we don't know everything and we allow it God to take over and we just follow him right because if Abraham knew everything that was going to happen to him he probably wouldn't have went mm. <laughs> if you knew everything that was going to happen to you you wouldn't have went come on there were some things that you wouldn't have done if we had have known everything that would have happened to us we probably wouldn't be here today that's right but it was the idea that God said go and we went. And Abraham, he told Abraham to go and he went and he followed God. Uh, he said, "God." the Bible says he believed God. And he followed him. And so as he followed God said, I'm going to make you a father of many. Mm. See God, you're confusing me because I'm old. Mm. <laughs> There's some stuff that's going on inside of me that's dead. Mm. Things ain't moving like it used to. tired and and, and, and Sarah tired too (laughs) you should have hit us up 30, 30, 40, 50, 50, 50, 50 years ago and now you're talking about we're going to be the father of many you should have said the father of one but now you say the father of many and so, so God tells you, you're going to be the father of many. And, and so, so he is like, okay, I, 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 I'm going to try to believe this thing. And so God takes that promise. And he takes his belief. So when the promise of God hits your belief, it begins to wake My dead God. things up. My God. My God. And that promise hit that belief in his womb and woke that dead thing up. That's what happens when God hits that faith inside of you. It wakes whatever was dead up. Yes, sir. See, there's some things that are dead inside of you. That's right. That you allowed to die. Mm. But let that promise hit that faith, wake it up inside of you, mm. and let those old things that you thought were dead awake inside of you. Those old dreams that you wanted to, that you still still want to, to accomplish, let them begin to wake. Mm. Let them begin to live again. What was those things? You still want to graduate? You still want to get your G.D.? You still want to go to college? It's not too late. It's not too late. Somebody told you you were too old to do something. Uh, Somebody told Abraham the same thing. Amen? Amen? God promised Abraham that he would have a son... Now Abraham and his wife Sarah are old at the time. Can you believe how difficult it was for them to believe this thing? But guess what? They believed God. They believed God. The Bible says Abraham believed God. And so guess what? They end up having a son. They had the promise. And then God says, now I want you to take him and sacrifice him. (laughs) You mean to tell me, God, you gave me the promise, you awoke this thing inside of me, and now you're telling me to kill it? Mm -hmm. But can you imagine the faith that he had in God, that he takes the promise that God gave him to go and sacrifice it? He believed God so much that he knew that if God had gave him the promise... That if he had the sacrifice that he knew God would raise it back up. Right. <sighs> Y'all not hearing me today. No. 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 Not hearing me. If God asks you to sacrifice the promise that he gave you, he must have something that's better the for come you. On. That God wouldn't take it from come you on. just to just give you something just to take it back that's and right. not give you something better. Right. No, God has something for you. See, that's where we have to come to the understanding. We have to believe God and his word. Abraham believed God, and from his belief, God promised him and blesses him with descendants of many generations. Amen? Amen? Amen. Abraham was able to develop a heart of obedience to the Lord, and therefore was blessed (coughs) because he believed God. Abraham obey God without hesitation for many of us that's the problem we hesitate in believing God we hesitate in following the actions of God and for, that's why we don't accomplish anything mm-hmm. because we live in hesitation mm-hmm. we live in the hesitation we live in the disbelief and so we don't have anything oh, god. and so we hesitate in trying to keep nothing oh my, wow. my mm. god I'm trying to keep my piece of house My piece of job My piece of car And so God says I'm trying to take you to get greater And instead of trying to go after greater I'm trying to keep my piece of stuff And God's saying In order for you to get greater I need you to be willing to give up the piece of stuff That you have oh my God. Yeah. Come on Come <laughs> on Do you realize that your 10% is nothing? And so you won't give up the 10% in order to get the blessing that I'm trying to give you. Come on. Uh, Come on. Come on. on. God says it's all about your faith. Hmm. It's all about your faith. So you're holding on. To the crumbs, but mm. I'm trying to give you the cake. Come on, and it all has—it all has to do with your faith. That's right. The problem is not in your finances. The problem has always been in your faith. Mm. The problem has never been in your in your your mental capacity in order to understand. The problem has always been in your faith. Mm. You don't believe that I'm God. Mm. You don't believe that I have the capacity to be God. You don't believe I have the capacity to be your God. You don't believe that I have the capacity to get you through this situation as God. So you are holding on to things that you should let go. You see, that's act of faith. That's act of faith. It's when you believe enough to look stupid. Mm. Mm-hmm. It's when you believe enough to look foolish. That's right. He says, "I will use the foolish things of this world to confine the wise." On com- the wise, oh, I'm willing to look foolish for him. Mm. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'm pretty <laughs> sure Abraham looked foolish. He, he had money. He had status in earth. But he left. The second thing I want you to understand is you gotta stop focusing on what you do and instead see who you are. Your purpose integrates God's unique plan for your life into everything that you do. But God's purpose for you goes beyond what you do to who you are. Moses is on the backside of the desert with sheep. But that's not who you are, Moses. Mm. So you ran from who you are, and now you're hurting sheep. But I have a plan and purpose for your life. Are you willing to stay on the backside of the desert with these sheep, or are you willing to go back into Egypt and do what your purpose is? So, so many of us get comfortable on the backside of the desert because that's comfortable and it's, it doesn't cause conflict. So are you hiding from your hiding from conflict? <laughs> Come on, are you hiding from the conflict? That's gonna be gonna gonna line you up with your purpose. Mm -hmm. (laughs) What do you want to do? What are you running from? Come on! You're so focused on what you're doing right now that you are not willing to give that up in order to walk in purpose. This is not your purpose. Come on! Your purpose is so much greater. So you're so focused on the fact that you're making money right now, but this money is killing your purpose. This money is a death sentence for you. Do you hear what I'm saying right now? The fact that you're making this money is a death sentence for your purpose. Maybe this money was actually supposed to fund your purpose, but instead it's funding your funeral. My God. My God. God has a purpose for your life. But some of us are dying in this instead of moving into that. Mm. Some things that God has for your life. But but we we are so focused in other things right now. But God wants you to move into what he has for you. Seeing yourself as God sees you can lead to wonder because the process enlarges your perspective by focusing on who you are from God's perspective. You gain the confidence and the clarity to perceive what matters most. You see, many of us are so focused on on what they have in front of them right now. And see, we get so focused on these things that we say, oh, you know, I'm just going to do this for a few more years. I'm just going to do this part-time. And then 20 years passed by. And 30 years passed by. And then we're wondering why we never moved into ministry. Why we never moved into what we thought, we thought God had called us into. And then we lost. Mm. And then we're looking back at our life. And then we realize that we never did what we was called to do. Oh, and have mercy. And then what do we say? Well, I was just waiting on God to open the door. Mm. You were waiting on God and God the whole time was waiting on you. God said, I opened so many doors. I opened so many opportunities and you never stepped through them. How many opportunities do I need to open? How many doors did I need to open for you to walk through and never was the right opportunity? Every time I sent you to a church it was too small. They didn't have the right choir. They didn't have the right band. They didn't have this, they didn't have that, they didn't have this, they didn't have that. And I sent you there to build it when you never did. No. Like, what do you want? <laughs> <laughs> My God. <laughs> <laughs> you look for the perfect opportunity. And and the, the problem was, you was looking for all these bells and whistles, but the problem was, when I sent you the bells and whistles, they didn't want you. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> Third thing is this. You have to act when God nudges you to do so. You have to be willing to say yes. Many of us, we say that we're willing to say yes. We say that. But then when the time arises, well, You know, I got this bunion on my toe. And then, you know, when I stand up a long time, it starts. And there's always these these reasons why we don't say yes. And God is always trying to eliminate these reasons. But then we find another reason. Mm -hmm. why we can't say yes to God. Mm -hmm. It's always going to feel risky when God pushes you. Come on if it was easy, then God wouldn't need to push you. It's always going to be risky. Can you imagine the children of Israel running from running from Pharaoh's army and the Red Sea is in front of them and it parts. And Moses is like, Like, are you crazy? Dude, look at these walls. There's shark in them, there waters. And you want me to run through that? I don't know. It's risky, but it's freedom. Can you imagine? It's risky, but it's freedom. Many of us—it's like that. You see, it's risky, but it's freedom. You see, we we won't go because it's risky, but it's also freedom. And back there is death. It's it, it, it's slavery, but it's also it's also what we know. But that way, it's risky, and I don't know. So we are afraid to go forward. Because we don't know what's going to happen I could lose everything Mm. That way I already know What I'm running into See we we have a problem With riskiness Mm. Mm. We have a problem With things being risky But God always makes it risky because he needs you to understand that if it was easy, you didn't need him. That's right. It's in the riskiness mm-hmm. that you experience God. <laughs> he says, in your weakness, I am strong. That's right. Oh my God. That's right. I I am God says I am looking for opportunities. To show myself strong. And you're looking for opportunities. To show yourself strong. Somebody is going to lose. Because the more you want to show yourself strong. The more I want to show you weak. Mm, Yes sir. Yes sir. (laughs) That means the more things I have to throw at you. I receive I receive it in Jesus name. I'm throwing more things at you More things at you And more things at you Because I have to show you That you are nothing without me Oh do you want me to begin To throw the kitchen sink at you Because I will He says I am God and I am God alone Trying to nudge you I'm not nudging you from me I'm nudging you to me yes. Do you understand? I ain't trying to bring you to me But all you want is to go away from me And so and so, It makes it more difficult For you to understand That this faith thing Is about bringing you to me It's about our relationship He said I just want a relationship with you want us to be close mm. just to be close <laughs> to you yes, sir. your purpose is all about love mm. the more you choose to respond in love when God calls you the less fear that you'll have to experience mm. when God calls you and nudges you you respond in love by coming closer to him because perfect love cast out all fear. John 4, 4 18 says there is no fear in love the perfect love cast out fear. When you drive fear out of your life, you welcome wonder in. It says your mind will clear and your your mind, your mind will clear and your heart will open to be able to perceive God at work. Mm. It's part of your faith. As you put your faith into action, God will work through you you to accomplish your good purpose. The fourth thing is this. God wants you to use your talents. You see, many of us have hidden our talents. And God is saying, I want you to use them. I want you to bring them out. But many of us have hidden them God has given you specific talents And he regularly gives you the opportunity to use them To live out your purpose Your talents are connected to your interests God is saying what, what, what talents do you have? Why you've been hiding them? Mm-hmm. He said your talents is for the kingdom mm-hmm. yeah. Your talents have been for the kingdom the whole time And you sitting there hiding them and holding on to them you ain't doing nothing with them. And so 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 now you're wondering why why you've been so disconnected and discontent and sad and depressed because you've been holding on to your talent and not using them. And you want I just don't have nothing going on in my life. I just don't have nothing to do. I don't know what's going on with me. I don't even know why I'm here. Because you're not doing anything with them. If you really consider what you've, you're good at and at doing, and enjoy doing most, you'll naturally feel that your purpose is being fulfilled. Amen. But most of us go home every day and sit in front of the TV and do nothing. Mm-hmm. What has God given you? And why do you keep burying it? Mm-hmm. Why do you keep burying your talent? That's not faith. (laughs) That's not faith. That's not active faith. Do you know that you can make the world a better place by acting on what you care about? By acting on the gifts and the talents that God has given you? You're connected to God and other people in a network Where love flows and when you use your talents for the common good of the body of Christ and the world. Amen? Amen. So I want you to understand today that these places in your life where you keep saying that you're waiting on God to operate. You're waiting on God to move. You're saying in your health, I'm waiting on God to do something for my health. Maybe God's waiting on you. Maybe God's waiting for you to change your diet. You come on back home. Go you, you keep saying, well, I'm just waiting on God to change something in my health. Maybe God's waiting on you to change your diet. Maybe God's waiting on you to go for a walk. And God just made that the best walk you ever had. Just, that's right. God is like saying, I will I will." make the sun shine on that walk.
1: Yeah, that's what
0: it, God said that is the, that is what I'm gonna do for your walk <laughs> He says, well, I'm waiting for you to put two feet together and then I'm gonna make the sunshine shine <laughs> He said I'm, I'm waiting for you to change your eating habits and then I'm going to make your finances line up for your eating. waiting for you to change the way that you look at women so I can make your relationships work together. I'm I'm waiting on you to do something and then I'm going to make it all come together. He said, Moses, I'm waiting for you to change the way that you look at yourself so then we can look at the what's in your hand part. This is active faith. It's the faith that it requires you to be a part of. This is a relationship. This does not, this requires us both to be active in the process. What relationship only has one person working? What good relationship only has one person doing something? No, a great relationship has both people involved in a relationship with God God's saying I want you to be a part of this relationship I want you to be active in it that's faith faith has everyone involved it took Abraham to get up and do to be a part of it to see the promises come together the last thing that James says in the second chapter he talks about the harlot Rahab would you stand with me Rahab was a harlot prostitute Jericho and the spies were sent over and they were looking for them. God did not come down to her and say, look, I need you to take these men and I need you to hide them and I need you to take care of them so they can be saved. That didn't happen. She actively decided that I'm going to do something. Mm. Mm. she took them and she hid them and she sent them out of the city another way mm. Come on. it says in James 2nd chapter 23 verse it says, likewise was the har- Rahab the harlot also justified by the works when she received the messengers and sent them out another way for as the body without the spirit is dead so faith without works is dead also Can you imagine the danger she put herself into by doing that? The danger she put herself into. But she did it anyway. No one told her to do it. She did it by faith. And so, by faith, she and her family were saved. And she was accounted as a part of the number of the children of Israel. And as we look down the line Into the the lineage of Jesus We found The harlot Rahab In the lineage of Jesus Christ Mm -hmm. By faith She did something amazing By faith She ended up In the lineage of Jesus Today I'm telling you That it's going to take faith going to take action for things to line up in your life. For promises that God has promised you to come together. No more sitting back and sitting there saying, well, I'm just waiting on God to make things come together. God is saying, yeah, things are going to come together because of me, but it's also going to take your actions. It's going to take now faith. let somebody say now faith. Now for faith. For it to come together That's what God has for you today. It's unreasonable to think that we have all the details of the journey. We're called to take... All the details of the journey, we're called to take in life. To have it all figured out before we begin. It's going to take us to do it. To believe that God can make it happen. And to be active participants. Amen? Amen. Let's bow our heads. Father God, we thank you today, Lord. For making us active participants in this journey. We love you today, God. We honor you today, God. And we thank you, God, for being God and God alone, Lord. We thank you, God, for we know, God, that it's only you, Lord, that makes these things happen in our lives, God. But we thank you for letting us participate, Lord. We thank you, God, for for keeping us active in in our lives, Lord. We believe you, Lord. We believe every promise that you've given us, God. And in that belief, God, we will remain active. We will remain active, God. We believe, Lord, and we will put our belief, God, to action. We love you today, Lord, and we honor you, God. We honor you with our whole hearts today, Lord. You are so amazing. You're so amazing. Would you just raise your hand to him and tell him how amazing he is. God. Amazing, God. God you. Forgive us, Lord, but we just sought back, God. Thank you, Lord. And we just didn't believe, Lord. So I, I, in our unbelief, God, we just sought back and did nothing. We did nothing, Lord. But we love you today. We love you today, Jesus. Thank you. We thank you for the blood of Jesus that washes us and makes us whole. In Jesus' name we pray. Let everybody say, Amen. 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 Come on, let's worship. God, you've the door.